Hello, hello. Good morning, everyone. It's me, Angie, coming to you from the very Arctic-like basement here in Junction City. You guys, I am so cold. It's freezing down here, which I understand is not something to be complaining about. I just needed to state it because I really wanted to pull out sweaters this morning because it's so cold down here. So if you're hot and you need to cool off and you're in the area, you can just head on over. It's fine. You'll cool off down here in a matter of seconds and you'll probably be asking for a sweater uh, within 10 minutes. So anyway, that's the report from the basement. It's freezing. Um, you guys, I am, I, I'm just, I'm excited and, and I don't know if nervous is the right word, but there is just like this, this, I don't know, this anticipation energy that I'm feeling. And, um, so Anyway, that's where I'm at. Yes, Kalita, I know. It's freezing down here. I, I call it the Arctic and um, I'm, I'm not too far off. Listen, I have to sleep in sweatpants and a sweatshirt with a full comforter. It's cold. Anyway, we are talking about, I want to read to you. I'm just going to read to you the description of today's talk because I think it's important. Highly, Anne. Oh my goodness. I miss you already. I know we've only been like in the same space for two full days when we just met, but I miss you already. Anyway, <laughs> side note. Um, so this is what, this is what the description of today's talk is. Offering God a disagreeable yes is impotent worship streaming from submission in the shadows of idolatry. We're invited to tear down every high thing that has erected itself against the true knowledge of God. Let's not sow an impotent yes. The Lamb of God is worthy of a resounding and resolute and bountiful yes. Good morning, Anne-Marie. Good morning, Pepper. You guys, that's what's on my heart. And um, we, we need to be very, yes, I agree, spirit connection. Um, we need to be very careful that, um, that we, we do not diminish the fullness of the ask, right? Like God has an ask on all of our lives and we, we will say yes in moments of inspiration and then we wander away and we reduce it to something that feels manageable to us. That is not Okay, we are not allowed to do that. It should scare the crap out of you. Can I say crap on here? It should. This should intimidate you to to a space of like, there's no way I can do that. That's the point. There is no way that you can do it in your own self. Like it's going to take you being outside of yourself, you being stretched to the point of pain. Can I just be honest? Like, this is going to hurt. <laughs> Thanks for the agreement. Um, it's going to, it's going to hurt. The stretching does hurt and it causes us to grow. And um, anybody ever had like physical growing pains? Like that's a real thing spiritually too. It's spiritual growing pains. We have to be willing to be stretched. And I think so many of us, because there has been an apathy on the church for the last probably two decades or longer, that we have gotten away with hiding in the shadows of giving a squeaky little, yes. Okay. Funny story. And my husband is going to totally be mad that I'm saying this, but um, he has this big old truck. Like it's a big truck with big gigantic tires on it. And he has a horn that goes meet me like the road runner. 
It's the most ridiculous thing ever, and I make fun of it as often as I can because there is nothing manly about the horn on this truck. The truck is beastly, and then it has meat meat as a horn. Now, listen, I'm bringing this up not to make fun of my husband's truck. Honey, you're, you're super manly, masculine, you're intact, okay? Um, but to help us understand from a silly story that that's what we look like right? Like we are giants spiritually, but we are making tiny little sounds like meet me. That's our reality right now. I know we need to be honest about these things though, because we have just played so small that that's become our comfort. It identifies as a beast. And that's, what's important is what you identify as. That was serious sarcasm. Anyway, (laughs) I love your comments and I'm getting distracted by them. I'm so sorry. Anyway, so that's what we're talking about is, is being willing to be big. He needs a train horn naturally spiritual because that is who he is in the spirit. Can I get an amen? That is so right. That's who you are, honey. That's who you are. Mm-mm-mm. I love that. Okay. So we are going to break up with a disagreeable yes today. Okay. I like to think in terms of breaking up with things because it's final. It's over. We are severing the thing done. Okay. So we are going to break up with our disagreeable. Yes. And we are going to allow God, Holy spirit to run wild with our imagination to, to, provoke us to a deeper, more profound yes that will require more than just ourselves. I've heard it said, and I've said it myself, that if it does not require more than just you, and if it does not scare the crap out of you, it's not the full picture, okay? Don't stop short. Just recently, and we're in a space here in, in our local church, we're in a space here where God is actually being so super serious and it is using language like enough is enough with us that, um, and still, even in that, like people are, are being pulled into um, a, a consecrated space with the Lord where he is like asking them to pull away from different things, to set themselves apart. And, um, and they're willing to, we are willing to do that as a body. I'm just going to go ahead and throw myself into the mix. Okay. We are willing to do that as a body to say, to say no to the things that, that God is saying that's actually in your way. However, what I also see us doing is still trying to temper the call by saying yes to something that is, it's not going to give you any stretch marks. Okay. Anything worth giving birth to will give you stretch marks. Okay, that's the kind of thing that we are saying yes to is something that is going to stretch us beyond the capacity of our skin, right? Like this should be beyond the capacity of your flesh. We want stretch marks from this. So saying yes to the little things that are like, yeah, I don't really know how to do that. It's going to take a little bit of skill. It's going to take a little bit of practice. That's not the big yes. And I want big yeses right now, okay? So let's let's read some things. Um, we're going to go to 2 Corinthians 10, and we're going to read 1 through 6, okay? 
2 Corinthians 10, 1 through 6. Now, please listen, for I need to address an issue. I'm making this personal appeal to you by the gentleness and self-forgetfulness of Christ. I am the one who is humble and timid when face-to-face with you, but bold and outspoken when a safe distance away. Now, I plead with you that when I come, don't force me to take a hard line with you, which I'm willing to do, by daring to confront those who mistakenly believe that we are living by the standards of the world, not by the Spirit's wisdom and power. I, I want you to, to really like pay attention to the verbiage in here because it's important that um, Paul is declaring like we're living by the standards of the world. We are What, what we're doing requires the spirit's wisdom and power, right? This is a clue for us. Like if we can um, achieve what what is in our yes right now by the world standards, it, you've missed it. You've, you might as well yell four because it was a bad swing. Your call, your yes, requires the Spirit's wisdom and power. Let's read on. For although we live in the natural realm, we don't wage a military campaign employing human weapons using manipulation to achieve our aims. Instead, our spiritual weapons are energized with divine power to effectively dismantle the defenses behind which people hide. Now, in the footnotes on that, in the Passion Translation, It actually defines the defenses behind which we hide as rebellious castles. When we are shrinking our yes down to something that is manageable within ourselves or by the world standards, we have gone ahead and put ourselves into a rebellious castle. I know. Ouch. Yes, I know. Guys, we've got to stop playing small. We weren't made to play small. Jesus didn't do what he did so that we could play small, right? It's it's not, it's not, how does that gain him anything for us to play small? It doesn't. And I'm going to say it again. You know, I love this. The Lamb of God is worthy to receive the rewards of his suffering. And that looks like you and I playing in fullness playing beyond ourselves, being bigger than ourselves. That's the whole point. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Do we have a right understanding of what that means? There is there is a hope of glory that is ready to just bust out of us if we're willing to expand to the measure that he has laid out. This is really important for us to grab hold of, okay? Because I don't want you to offer up the Lamb of God an impotent yes. He doesn't need that. Okay. We can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. This is something you need to ask yourself. Is your yes in defiance? to the knowledge of God. I would venture to say that if you are playing small, if you are shrinking back, if you're still content to stand in the shadows, you are in defiance to the knowledge of God. He spoke you. You are the spoken word of the Lord. When we play small, 
we are in defiance to the knowledge of the Lord. Ouch, I know, but doesn't it hurt so good? Don't you love that song? Come on, baby, make it hurt so good. You're going to sing that all day long. You're welcome. It, it, it hurts, but at the same time, you guys, we need this pain. We need this pain. This pain is going to grow us up because it is time to grow up. You don't know it. I don't even know who's saying it. I don't know. Listen, this is just useless knowledge about Angie, but I don't know movie titles very well. I don't know actors' names. I don't know song titles. I don't know singers. I'm not very good at that kind of thing. But every once in a while, a, a song lyric will pop up in my mind, and I'll just say it. Anyway, that matters not. Um, where were we? Did we um did we finish that? No, we capture like prisoners of war every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one. Are you, are you being, are you being that militant against the things that are rising up against the Lord? We need to, I'm going to read it again because it's really important. We capture like prisoners of war, every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one. Are you forcing those less than thoughts. Listen, we aren't just talking about demonic thoughts here, okay? We aren't just talking about the blatant thoughts. We are talking about every thought that goes against the knowledge of the Lord concerning you, because that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about offering the Lamb of God the full reward, which means you have to stand in fullness. You have to get over yourself. You have to stop convincing yourself that somehow if I play big, I'm going to usurp the glory of God. That is the most prideful and arrogant thought that could ever, ever be thought up. That is so arrogant that somehow you could usurp God's glory. I dare you to try. Honestly, I think that's where God's at right now. I think he's like, if that's what you think, go ahead and give it your best shot. Sneak in to my throne room and try and gobble up all the glory you can. It's impossible. So stop being prideful and arrogant. Humble yourselves and be fully you. Release some glory. One of our, one of our, um, the uh, tag phrases, I guess, I don't even know what to call it, that, that we uh, make a big deal about at Unedited Life is spilling out. That we, we believe that God is breaking us open to spill out because we house the hope of glory within us. And we know in Romans that it tells us that all of creation is standing on tiptoes waiting for the sons and daughters of glory to take their rightful place. But unfortunately, the sons and daughters of glory are playing it safe. Jesus didn't do what he did for us to play it safe. It's time for us to be fully who we are. He's asking us to risk failure, honestly. (laughs) I'm wearing my spill out t-shirt. That's awesome. He is. He's asking us to risk failure. We're, We're afraid of failure. And, and you guys, like, fail forward. We have misunderstood failure. We think that it's finality, but it's not. Failure is the process by which we step into fullness. We're going to miss it. I will promise you that right now. You're going to miss it. 
you are going to fail. So say over yourself right now, I'm going to fail and I'm okay with it all of a sudden. Change your mind. Fail forward. That's It makes all the difference in the world. Mess up, fess up. Right? Why are we so afraid of being wrong? We shouldn't be. He's a loving father. And it tells, my Bible actually says that it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. So he's not going to come after you to tear you apart because you messed up. He's, he's going to cause you to turn and face him. Fail forward. Allow failure to produce life in you because that's what's available. It's when we fail and hide that there is nothing of a value that is produced in us. Okay. So fail boldly. Okay. Let's, um, well, did we finish reading this? Probably not. Um, since we are armed with such dynamic weaponry, we stand ready to punish any trace of rebellion as soon as you choose complete obedience. Oh yeah. Fear of failure is a form of pride. I agree. The freedom and stepping in, no matter the messiness, he is all love. Yeah. And listen, like mess is just part of it. It's fine. We don't need to be worried about the mess either. Um, okay. Let's read this one more time. Since we are armed with such dynamic weaponry, we stand ready to punish any trace of rebellion as soon as you choose complete obedience. You see the clause on that? As soon as you choose complete obedience you're armed with dynamic weaponry. What a promise. Holy cow, you guys. As soon as you choose complete obedience, we are armed with dynamic weaponry. That's amazing. And I'm just going to give you a yeah, radical obedience. That's one of our, what we call boundary lines or value or behavior is radical obedience. And um, we, we are quick to obey. If God, if we, um, if we feel like God is asking us to do something, even if it's little, we just do it. We just do it. We don't want to miss out. And, and I wasn't going to talk about this, but I, I do want to mention that delayed obedience actually diminishes the power on the ask in the first place. So if, if you want to walk in a lower level of um, power that's attached to the ask on your life, go ahead and delay. It's fine. That's on you. Okay, let's go to, I want to look at Song of Songs because there is a part in here where the um, the Shulamite woman is just, she's just being foolish, okay? Let's just say it like it is. She's being foolish with her yes. We're going to start in um, uh, chapter two and uh, verse eight. It says, listen, I hear my lover's voice. I know it's him coming to me, leaping with joy over the mountains, skipping in love over the hills that separate us to come to me. Let me describe him. He is graceful as a gazelle, swift as a wild stag. Now he comes closer, even to the places where I hide. He gazes into my soul, peering through the portal as he blossoms within my heart. The one I love calls to me. Did you hear that description? That's like fireworks going off. That's like overwhelming love. This is like us being in a Sunday morning service and getting all dramatic and emotional about the call of God and then walking out the freaking doors and forgetting what we said yes to. 
Because mm-hmm. listen, arise, my dearest, hurry, my darling, come away with me. I have come as you have asked to draw you to my heart and lead you out. For now is the time, my beautiful one. The season has changed. The bondage of your barren winter has ended and the season of hiding is over and gone. The rains have soaked the earth and left it bright with blossoming flowers. The season for singing and pruning the vines has arrived. I hear the cooing of doves in our land. Filling the air with songs to awaken you and guide you forth. Can you not discern this new day of destiny breaking forth all around you? The early signs of my purposes and plans are bursting forth. The budding vines of new life are now blooming everywhere. Do you see the provision on this? Do you hear like what he's doing? He's showing her the full picture of all that is available for her in this one. Yes. The fragrance of their flowers whispers. There is change in the air. Arise, my love, my beautiful companion, and run with me to the higher place. For now is the time to arise and come away with me. For you are my dove hidden in the split open rock. It was I who took you and hid you up high in the secret stairway of the sky. Let me see your radiant face and hear your sweet voice. How beautiful your eyes of worship and lovely your voice in prayer. You must catch the troubling foxes, those sly little foxes that hinder our relationship, for they raid our budding vineyard of love to ruin what I've planted within you. Will you catch them and remove them for me? We'll do it together. I know my lover is mine. This is her response. I know my lover is mine and I have everything in you for we delight ourselves in each other. But until the day springs to life and the shifting shadows of fear disappear, turn around my lover and ascend to the holy mountains of separation without me. Until the new day fully dawns, Run on ahead like the graceful gazelle and skip like the young stag over the mountains of separation. Go on ahead to the mountains of spices. I'll come away another time. I hope that pierces because that's the intention. This is what we do to him over and over and over again. He lays out where we're at and we rebut with what we feel is surrounding us. He gets to determine what is surrounding you, not you. You may feel as if you're surrounded by shifting shadows. Your reality has to be his spoken word. What he says over you is what is truth. It has to be that solid in us. What he is declaring has to become our truth that we stand on. It has to become our standard, not what you feel. Your emotions are not allowed to be the ones enthroned. Your emotions will lead you astray over and over and over again. If we base everything on emotion or what we feel we're experiencing, we will be at a standstill for the rest of our lives. He is the only one that gets to dictate what we are surrounded by. And that has to become our dynamic weaponry. 
when we make a solid agreement with him, when we choose radical obedience, we are fashioned with dynamic weaponry because we have made an agreement even with what is surrounding us right now. And I promise you, there will be things that come in to try and distract you or to get you off track. It's a promise. It will happen but it's for your good. It's training you. It's it's creating a resilience in you. Allow those things to come, but be quick to remind those things of who you are and what is actually surrounding you. Okay. Okay. We're going to hop over to, um, to four, six, because I don't want to, to leave us there. Oh, wait, let's, let's read on just a couple of, of well, I was going to read three, one night after night, I'm tossing and turning on my bed of travail. Why did I let him go for me? How my heart now aches for him, but he is nowhere to be found. I don't want that for you, right? How many of us have been caught up in that space? Like that's hope deferred. You guys, we love to use hope deferred in, in one vain only. Hope deferred is typically brought on by disobedience. We only like to read the, the, the just part A. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. And we leave off the, but a fulfilled longing is the tree of life. Don't stop short. Hope deferred is so often brought on by our disobedience. He's made it clear. There is hope of glory invested in us. And I do want you to look at it as an investment. All of heaven has invested in you. There's an investment just rolling around on the inside of you. It's time to release it. It's time to release some glory onto the earth. Do you know we, we love, we love to make stupid agreements that, you know, the, the whole world's going to hell in a handbasket. That's not actually what the Bible says. It actually says that Jesus, the darling of heaven is the desire of every nation. If the church would do its job and put the hope of glory on display, if, if the sons and daughters of glory would stand and take for the, their rightful place, it might not feel like the whole world is going to hell in the handbasket. We might actually be able to make agreement that Jesus Christ, the darling of heaven, is the desire of every nation. He's invested much in you. It's time that we give him the return that he is worthy of in fullness. Okay, let's skip over to, I want to skip over to chapter four because I love love this. Um, this is, this is her response. Um, later on it's, um, chapter four, verse six, I've made up my mind until the darkness disappears and the dawn has fully come in spite of the shadows and fears. I will go to the mountaintop with you, the mountain of suffering love and the hill of burning incense. Yes, I will be your bride. 
Resolute is the word for the week. Vince introduced it early on this week, and it has just continued to become the theme of the week. Resolute, a resolute, resounding response is what he is worthy of. And I just want to read it again because I want this to just kind of like roll around in you all day long. I've made up my mind until the darkness disappears and the dawn has fully come in spite of the shadows and the fears, I will go to the mountaintop with you, the mountain of suffering love and the hill of burning incense. Yes, I will be your bride. Listen, the, the shadows aren't going anywhere. The fear is probably not going anywhere. Push past it anyway. Give him the same response. I've made up my mind. I'm going anyway. I will be your bride. Jesus. Okay. Okay, I want to go to, um, let's go to Psalm 139. I, I, I want to make sure that we, we, we lay all of the groundwork here because it's really important just for our, our yes to be as big as we need it to be. Um, ugh, yes, pepper. Um, so we're going to go to Psalm 139, 23 and 24. This has been, um, probably spoken more in the last 30 days than I probably have ever heard it. Um, but it, this is really important because we are incapable of examining our own heart. We need the eyes of the Lord on us to uncover the, um, the strongholds, the things that, that, that will trip us up. We, we say yes, but then we, we haven't dealt rightly with the things that are just kind of like hidden inside of us. The things that, and it's fine. It's, it's, it's his pleasure, you guys. It is his pleasure to uncover things like this in us. Understand who God is. It is his pleasure to examine us to uncover the, the, the spots in us that will trip us up because he wants to remove every obstacle for us for our benefit and for the benefit of the kingdom, right? Like, don't be afraid of his hand and don't be afraid of his gaze. He, he is, he's a protector. He's a father. Let him prove to you, how for you he is. He's not digging for dirt to make you feel bad about yourself. He's uncovering trouble spots so that we can be free. That's what it's about. 139, 23 and 24. God, I invite your searching gaze into my heart. Examine me through and through. Find out everything that may be hidden within me and put me to the test and sift through all my anxious cares. See if there is any path of pain that I'm walking on and lead me back to your glorious, everlasting ways, the path that brings me back to you. That needs to be our prayer. Oh, yes, Leanne, his love and deliverance is so much bigger than our feelings. It's true. You guys, your feelings will lie to you. The, the idols in our life will lie to you. They, they will tell you that um, they will tell you how to perceive information. 
we cannot get our information from idols. The idols that are standing in our lives don't want us to move beyond them because they're asking us to bow before them. They are the ones usurping glory. Can we be honest about that? The idols in our life are the things that are usurping the glory of God. And that should make us a bit angry. It's time to turn over the tables of the idols in our lives. And I don't know what that looks like for you. You need to ask God. You need to invite his searching gaze. Ask him to investigate you. Find any hidden thing in me that wants to trip me up. And do the work. I, I, I do not want to pretend like this doesn't take work because it does take work. And it's going to take diligence all day long until you have captured once and for all those sly little foxes that are ruining your garden. And they are. Yes, Anne-Marie. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We just thank you that every idol has to fall by your name, Jesus. You said that you would topple every high thing. And right now, we bring order to our existence by recognizing that the earth is your footstool. We make much of you to make less of all of these other things that matter not. And we put feeling in its place. We put emotion in its place. You are under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Mm, Thank you, Jesus. I, I, I do want you to take seriously the invitation to to ask God to search you, to investigate you. Yes, the idols are what cause us to treat our yes like it's a New Year's resolution that's over by January 31st. Pepper. Yes. Okay, I want to read a quote to you that came, um, that's from the book, The Three Battlegrounds that Francis Frangipan wrote years ago. And it's, it's like this. The sacrifice of Jesus Christ is a perfect shelter of grace, enabling all men to look honestly at their needs. And I, I, I like this because it gives a fuller picture of grace. I'm going to read it again. The sacrifice of Jesus Christ is a perfect shelter of grace, enabling all men to look honestly at their needs. Grace provides a space for us to stand and say, search me, oh God. You remember like that, that wasn't possible prior to the cross. What has been finished is an invitation for you to come close and ask him to search you without killing you. Do you remember the Israelites could even touch the mountain without risking death? No, that's not what's for us. Grace is what is for us so we can enter in boldly and say, search me, Father. Search me through and through. Investigate me to the depth of my being. Tear down anything that is coming up against 
your knowledge. Let's be those people, okay? Let's not just use grace as a um, as a flippant term. Let's use grace for all it's worth. And grace is absolutely beautiful. And I love it. I am fascinated by grace. It is probably one of my favorite topics because Jesus paid a high price for grace. But let's not diminish it. Grace provides a space for us to stand and say, search me. Place in me a clean heart, O oh God. Renew a right spirit. Grace provides a safe place. Okay, let me just see where we're at. I think that, I think we're going to wrap this up, you guys. Um, I, I do just want to remind you that there's a responsibility in learning how to serve the yes. It's not just about making a verbal agreement with the Lord. You need to quickly, as quick as you know what the ask is on your life and you have a response before the Lord, you need to carry that out further, put some action to it. And oftentimes, again, you need to ask Holy Spirit what this looks like, but oftentimes that looks like finding somebody who is capable of stewarding accountability over your life. I'm going to say it again. Oftentimes, Extending the yes beyond the agreement between you and the Lord is finding somebody who can steward accountability over your life, who's going to push you when they see you slowing down. It's going to pull you. Whoa, there's that push and pull. Ha, Pepper, that's funny. Um, who's going to pull you out from the shadows when they see you being a scaredy cat? They're going to hold you, fiercely hold you accountable to the call that is on your life. There are those people. You just need to ask the Lord who they are. Ask him who that is in your life. And so right now, I just, I thank you, Jesus, that we are the bold ones, that we are the courageous ones. You have said to us over and over in your word to be bold and to be courageous. And right now, I just speak the anointing over every single person that is listening, including me, that we would have the same eyes to see that Joshua and Caleb did, that they did not go into the land and come back with a report of giants. They went into the land and had a report of the giant fruit and that we would fix our eyes on the prize and pay very little attention to the giants in our land. Jesus, I just thank you that you are the provider. You are the one that is providing for every step of the way, and you will blow our minds with how far you're willing to go as the provider. And I just thank you, Jesus, that we are the bold and the courageous ones who stand in your presence and say, search me, oh God. I want to remove every obstacle that is standing in my way from walking in the fullness that you are worthy of. And right now, we turn our hearts, our minds, all of our affection toward you, Lamb of God. And we declare your worth. You are worthy to receive all. Bottom line, all. All honor, our glory, all power, all. 
Let our lives be a constant, fragrant offering for you. Sweet fragrance. We just thank you right now that you've given us the ability to step into radical obedience. And we thank you for the dynamic weaponry that is falling into our hands right now. And we just declare over ourselves that we are the violent ones taking the kingdom of heaven by force. We relish being yours right now. We don't take lightly the call. We hear you. We hear you. We hear our names coming from your mouth, Lord. We love you. Amen. Okay, guys. I bless your week. Bless your day. I bless your weekend. And I'm just like, I want to bless you with um, everything that is needed for you to make a firm agreement with the Lord. Okay. Love you.